Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there and keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 553, Will I Pay for My Children's Education? by Ramit Sethi of IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. And I'm your host and narrator, Dan. I'm here each weekday reading to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet. And good news for you, I'm gonna keep this intro super short today, so let's get right to Ramit's post as we optimize your life. Will I Pay for My Children's Education? by Ramit Sethi of IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. This might be an odd topic, but I've been to two friends' weddings in the last three weeks, and all of a sudden, I'm thinking of weird stuff. Anyway, I was watching Susie Orman's show the other day, I love it, and two separate people called in asking about how to get out of debt. They were drowning in bills from credit card companies and car loans, yet both of them were dutifully saving money towards their children's college education. This made me do two things. First, I took my burrito and almost hurled it at the TV but I had it covered in a wonderful blend of three hot sauces so it was too delectable to let go. Also, it made me think about what I'm going to do for my kids' education. No, I don't have kids and probably won't for a while, but I think there are some interesting philosophical decisions behind how we treat money and our kids. It seems like the common American sentiment is, of course I'll pay for my children's education if I can. I'm not sure it's so simple though. Maybe some parents can weigh in in the comments too. First, let's distinguish between if you can pay and if you can't. The people on Susie's show were wrong. They should have been taking the money for their kids' education and using it to pay off their high-interest debt. Being financially responsible means being able to take care of yourself in old age. So if you can't afford to save money for your kids, then this is a simple question. The first category of people, then, are those who can't afford to help their children with educational expenses. Then there are the people who can afford to help with all of their children's education, and they do so. They cover it entirely. This is the second category. The third category is the one that interests me. It's somewhere in between. Maybe the parents are middle class and can contribute a little towards it. Maybe the parents are wealthy but want to teach their kids the responsibility of paying for part of their education. Lessons from Stanford. Maybe it's my ignorance, but by the time my kids go to college, I expect to be able to pay for them. Don't we all? Let's just assume that's true for now. What will I do? I was thinking back to my time at Stanford. Okay, so contrary to popular belief, Stanford students are not a bunch of rich kids driving BMWs around and flaunting their wealth. That's USC. Yes, there are lots and lots of students from wealthy families, but interestingly, it's pretty hard to tell from just looking at the student body. Everybody wears similar clothes, and somehow the culture has developed, so it's just not cool to flaunt wealth. I felt right at home eating buffalo wings for dinner. But one thing struck me. 
Most of my friends had parents who were contributing 100% of their educational expenses. It wasn't an anomaly, it was extremely common. Now, part of this is understandable. With a price tag of $47,011 per year, hardly anybody could be expected to shoulder it themselves, and over half of Stanford students received some kind of financial aid. But, at least from my anecdotal observations, it was almost always paid for by parents. And what's interesting is that a lot of the students couldn't imagine it any other way. Stanford is an anomaly. That's not how it is at most other colleges. In fact, according to USA Today, the average college senior graduated in 2006 with more than $19,000 in debt. And from talking to my friends at other schools, many of them are paying for it themselves. This disparity between Stanford students and others made me realize two things. One, we take the cultural assumptions around us for granted, assuming that if it's true for our friends, it must be true for everyone. There's a psych term for this, but I can't remember. Anyone? Two, I don't know what I'll do for my kid's education. One of four. The idea of, if you could afford to pay for your kid's education, why wouldn't you, is pretty compelling. And just because lots of people have their parents pay for their education doesn't make them irresponsible, nor does paying for your own education necessarily make you responsible. But then I think about my family and get a different perspective. I was one of four kids in my family, and we're middle class. I think back to how many activities we were all involved in, and I can't imagine how my parents had the time to take us everywhere, or the money. That's why when college time came around, our parents told us plainly that we'd have to get scholarships to afford it. So we did. My mom and dad taught us to worry about money last. First, get in. Then the money will take care of itself, they always said. And when college application time came around, we each applied to dozens of scholarships. This strategy, wait and it'll work out, is plainly opposite of the stuff I talk about on this site. I write about planning, investing for the long term, making a budget, and more. But my parents' strategy, if you can call it that, worked too. By the time we all finish our education, the retail price tag will top well over a million dollars, but we won't have paid nearly that. Our parents helped out where they could, but we used scholarships and grants and loans to cover the rest. I walk to work through the snow, uphill. Assuming that I will have enough to completely cover my kids' educational expenses, will I? At this point, I'm thinking, probably not. Honestly, I think part of it may be for the same reason as your parents say, when I was your age, I walked 15 miles to work, in the snow, uphill. Maybe I think that earning scholarships, grants, and even taking on loans makes us a little more responsible. This isn't saying I'll stick them with all the bills, but maybe some, or most. With that said, I don't claim to understand how I'll feel as a parent. God knows I still have a lot to learn about kids. The other day, I was at a barbecue, and I turned around from talking to someone and knocked this infant over. Seriously, though, do you look at your feet wherever you're walking? I felt bad, and apparently so did the little boy, because he immediately started crying, of course. As I bent over to pick him up, every single person at the barbecue stopped to look at us, the shrieking child and the confused, rapidly retreating guy. Not knowing what to do, I tried to give him watermelon to quiet him down, but he just preferred to cry. Perhaps I met my match in persuasion on that fateful day. Anyway, clearly I still have a lot to learn. But I'm still kind of unsure what I'll do. From a strictly financial perspective, in a few years I might want to start saving money for my kid's education. That would be the smart thing to do. But my own experience growing up tells me, hey, assuming limited resources that we all have, maybe I should focus them on today and help guide them with scholarships and other ways of funding later on down the line. Are the two mutually exclusive? Is this a case of the best decision versus the financially smart one? I don't know, but just like when I wrote that buying a used car isn't the only smart choice, I realized that this seemingly common sentiment of we must save for our kids' education isn't the only way to go. 
So maybe the big takeaway for me is that, hey, if you have a very salient personal experience with something, then no matter what the objective personal finance advice is, your decisions will be colored with that experience. This is the availability heuristic at work. Parents, I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are. You just listened to the post titled, Will I Pay for My Children's Education? by Ramit Sethi of IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage Shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear, upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there. And keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage. Simple, affordable, reliable. For a lot of people, it can be stressful and confusing to manage their finances. Even I used to feel this way when using different finance apps. But then I tried Monarch Money and everything got so much easier. Maybe you're saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation, your kid's college. I found that Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals, whatever they are. I definitely wouldn't be able to allocate my finances or plan as clearly without help from Monarch. In fact, Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com OFD for your extended 30-day free trial. And I'm gonna keep this ending short for you today, but before we go, it would be great if you could come by oldpodcast.com support and check out some of the different ways you can support the show. Most are totally free, like sharing the podcast with a friend, writing a rating and review, and more. And we'd really appreciate it. Again, the link is oldpodcast.com support. And that's it for today. Thanks so much for being here and listening. I will see you tomorrow in the Thursday show. That's where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. You've been listening to Optimal Finance Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.